Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm Damon Linker, Senior Correspondent, and today I'd like to share my modest proposal for how to fix the Supreme Court. America's severe partisan polarization is wreaking havoc on each of the branches of the federal government, and it's the judiciary that so far suffered the gravest consequences. In the years since the death of Antonin Scalia, the Supreme Court has been hobbled, forced to muddle through its tasks with just eight justices. Let's find out more about the Republican strategy in the Senate. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell joins us now from Capitol Hill. Senator, thanks for being here. Glad to be with you. Will Justice Garland, Judge Garland, get a hearing? No, I don't think so. Uh, No, he will not be uh, considered by the Senate. The proximate cause of the problem was, of course, the refusal of the Republican leadership in the Senate even to hold hearings, much less permit an up-and-down vote, on Merrick Garland, President Obama's choice to succeed the conservative justice. No, he will not be uh, considered by the Senate. And now Democrats have been inspired to refuse to meet with Neil Gorsuch, President Trump's nominee. If the Democrats attempt to filibuster, the Republicans will be able to use their majority to force a vote by changing the rules of the Senate. That would mark yet another new low in the politicization of the high court. The rancor embroiling the court is an expression of broad-based polarization in American political culture, But when it comes to the court itself, this hostility ultimately traces back to 1987, when Senate Democrats rejected the nomination of Judge Robert Bork purely on ideological grounds. Judy Woodruff ends our special coverage of the Bork story. Judy? The fact that the outcome of the vote was expected all along didn't make the final hours of the Bork debate any less contentious. Right down to the wire, Bork supporters continued to charge that their man had been grossly maligned by the opposition, while critics insisted that a fair airing of Bork's views had taken place. Ever since then, tensions surrounding the confirmation process for federal judgeships and the high court have slowly increased. But the Garland blockade set a new standard for dyspeptic dysfunction. It was an expression of ideological desperation. If Obama were permitted to flip Scalia's seat to the left, it would be a net ideological gain for Democrats, and the stakes were simply too enormous to permit that with a presidential election looming. The stakes for both Republicans and Democrats are somewhat lower now. Judge Gorsuch is ideologically aligned with Scalia, so his confirmation battle will really just be a fight over whether the high court can keep its former balance of liberals and conservatives. But Democrats remain understandably irked by the way Garland was treated, and they're eager to inflict pain on Trump's nominee in retribution. And then there's the question of what happens when and if Trump gets the opportunity to nominate someone to succeed a liberal justice. Without the filibuster, there's little the Democrats would be able to do, as long as they continue to find themselves in the minority in the Senate. And that just points to a bigger problem. We may have entered an era when presidents are able to get a Supreme Court nominee confirmed only when their party holds the upper house of Congress. Thankfully, there's a possible way out of the ever-worsening deadlock that confronts us. It's an institutional fix. 
Let's amend the Constitution so that Supreme Court justices are appointed for 18-year terms instead of life terms, with appointments staggered every two years. This would guarantee that each one-term president would get to nominate two justices, and every two-term president would get to nominate four. The justices would rotate off the court in a regular pattern every two years, except, of course, in cases of untimely death or debilitating illness. And in the event the chief justice retires or dies, the most senior justice of the court, or the median justice, could be automatically elevated to the senior position. This reform of the court would likely reduce the strife in the confirmation process by making appointment and confirmation a regular event. And unlike most proposals for constitutional amendments, this one would benefit both sides of our polarized ideological divide. It's hard to see why either party would stand against it. It's just plain fair. Everyone has an incentive to de-escalate the high court wars. What better way to accomplish that worthwhile goal than to introduce a novel bit of institutional machinery into our 18th century anachronism? The clanking and grinding Rube Goldberg contraption we call the Constitution. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Opinions. To read more about fixing the Supreme Court, check out the book American Justice 2016, The Political Supreme Court by legal journalist Lincoln Kaplan. For more series from the week, including 7-Minute Explainers and This Week I Learned, go to theweek.com slash podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a rating or a review on iTunes. I'm Damon Linker, and thanks so much for listening.